1: i grabbed a coke zero bottle to mimic an alcohol bottle you could have just grabbed (laughs) a real bottle of alcohol too huh you could have just grabbed a real bottle of alcohol too
0: i don't have any i don't really drink
1: oh you don't have any at home
0: i think i have um, a mimosa and a can
1: oh okay (laughs) downstairs you could get drunk on that
0: Oh oh yes, we do have like liquor, but liquor, like I yeah. wouldn't, that's, that's too much of a, this Coke Zero is already here because right, I am fair. addicted to Coke Zeros. That's
1: fair. That's fair. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh, Mita, how's it going? I'm here. Mita, that's all we have time for because what a week it's been.
0: It's been quite the week. So much has Lots transpired. So much yes.
1: has transpired. So let's go chronologically from the mm-hmm. thing that happened earliest and then we'll kind of go. I think we're going to have a bit of a longer Small talk. Small talk session because. Yeah that's
0: fine it's our podcast.
1: It's our podcast and I don't think we'll talk as much about this movie so <laughs> we can uh, borrow a little time from there. But there last go. Tuesday after mm-hmm. the crushing disappointment of not seeing Pramastra over the weekend I finally saw it on Tuesday. Yay. On IMAX as initially was the the goal and mm-hmm. these are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stick the landing. Oh. It doesn't and that's Really unfortunate. However, I think there was a lot, and I mean an insane amount of expectation kind of heaped upon the film to be mm-hmm. this like instant masterpiece kind of answer to Marvel. And I think it takes some time to do that. Marvel isn't Marvel overnight. Like it took time to get to that point and, you know, find out how to work a screenplay like that. And it this does... This does certain things really well, like really, really well, like perfect things in a perfect movie. And it does some things real bad. The special effects are amazing, like amazing, top quality, really, really engaging, really fun to watch. It has amazing screen presences by Alia Abhat and Ranbir Kapoor and Amitabh Bachchan. Music is great. It has some beautiful like shot pieces, like great cinematography. But the screenplay, and specifically the dialogue, really just, they don't <clears throat> live up. Yeah, they're really not good. And it's really disappointing, especially considering someone like Ayan Mukherjee wrote Yejavani He Divani. And that was fresh and crackling and relevant. And, like, it felt like, it felt so pertinent. And this was mm-hmm. so removed. The dialogue especially is so middling. Mm. And so just, like, just poorly written. And... The, there must be some method to that madness. It's just not a poor decision, and I think what they were trying to do is make it appealing to as many people as possible. And as a result, it appealed to no one. Oh, there are a couple of huge surprises, though. Oh, huge surprises and fun to watch. And you it can sets tell them it... to me. I can't tell them to you. I'm not going to say them here, even okay, though like a fair. lot of them have been like known. But there's some huge surprises, and it really sets up number two. Really, for like number two, I think is going to be really good. And what's really exciting about it is we're kind of we're at a time where, especially with this, they haven't necessarily, I think they're in development of Pramastra for like yeah. Pramastra 2, which is called Dave. And I think we're going, it will be able to see whether they take audience feedback into writing their film.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: that could be really interesting because mm. there's a couple of things that happen in this movie that are really strange. Like, Alia Putt's character is so useless. It, this is Alia Putt's one of her, like, most wasted roles. She's such a talented actress, and she's so wasted in this. And you watch it, and you're just like, her character has weird motivations and does strange things and says strange things. But the internet, as it is, thinks there's a lot more going on there. And, think, you know, there's theories and conspiracies about, like, what's going to happen in the second one. And, like, I, I will say that even though I was overall a little underwhelmed by it, Mm -hmm. I left the movie, and I still, I would like to see it again.
0: Okay, so should I go see it?
1: So this is my thought, and -hmm. this is my genuine thought. If you are a moviegoer who watches Hindi movies and Marvel movies, you should watch this. Okay. Only because, and I read it, I read something on an Instagram post. I'm going to read it out loud, because I thought it was such a great thing that was said. It's, I'm noticing reviews, including my own to my friends. This is just what someone wrote we're all, uh, we're all genuinely being nice and kind towards the filmmakers because of their effort, ambition, and investment, which is really true. This really tries something different for an Indian film, and I think you got to give like, credit where credit is due. And then they say, and they say this in, in Hindi, when you can watch every average MCU movie, you can go see this. You can go support this. You can go support, like, you can go put money behind something that maybe doesn't hit the mark, but is at least trying something in a market that doesn't try anything. Yeah. So I would rate the movie three, but for everything else, I will rate, like, the heart and the, you know, the ambition behind it, I would give it three and a half. Okay. Yeah.
0: Should I see it in the theater or yeah, should I Yeah, it's not going to be the same
1: at home. It should. You should okay. really see it in the theater. If you want to go, I'll go with you.
0: Okay. Yeah. Maybe.
1: It's not going to be it the still same. still playing? It's still playing, and it's still playing next week. Okay. It's not going to be the same on a small screen. It's just not going to hit the same way. And if you're gonna I'm go looking
0: at show times right now to see when the
1: next <laughs> There's some daytime shows, some evening shows. A little bit Maybe of
0: Maybe I'll go Sunday.
1: But yeah, that was Pramastra, and I do hope it's a success. And I think we should support people who are trying different things in movies, which segues nicely into a movie I don't think tried anything new at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what could it be? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, we did something so exciting. We did. We went to a movie together on Monday. Mm-hmm. We went to a, a movie premiere
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> for Don't Worry Darling. I almost said darlings again. I know. I that's what
1: everyone swear. was saying. But the Alia Bhatt movie is darlings. Yeah. And the Florence Pugh movie is darling singular.
0: Yeah. But we saw Don't Worry Darling yeah. in the theater. We saw it on Monday, September 19th. Um, so we saw it before it came out. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be too spoilery because no. that's not fair to people. No. But we did talk about it a little bit after, so I feel like we got that off of our chest, at least. Um, But it was interesting because beforehand, before they showed the movie, Uh they had like a live Q and A with the cast, and I guess Olivia Wilde is the crew. Yeah, (laughs) um, live from New York, they were showing this Q and A that had occurred, and you know, if you've seen the infamous TikTok of Harry Styles describing (laughs) the movie, it continued in that same fashion and that he literally couldn't describe the movie or answer any question whatsoever yeah he just like could not articulate at all thoughts and to be honest though at the end of the movie i said to nadim like i get why he can't describe it or he describes it as a movie because quite literally that's all that it is
1: yeah
0: yeah I, I was, um, my, I had low expectations going into this and I've talked about it before and kind of the why. Mm-hmm. I will, I will say I was surprised. I think Olivia Wilde did do a really good job at directing and like I take back some of the comments that I made before that this might have been too much of a, a venture for her, but, um, no, like she does a good job. It's just not a great screenplay. Yeah. And that definitely needed some work. And so I think in turn, it it is just a movie. There wasn't anything kind of compelling or exciting about it.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah. like the way I describe it is I think the movie that she makes, she made is the best movie the screenplay would allow. Yeah. Like I think the screenplay's quite weak and it's quite, it is a bit pedestrian in terms of like you watched it, you'll enjoy it on like a Tuesday night and then you'll forget about it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really... Florence Pugh is great, but, you know, it's kind of like when you start having a good act. It's like what I just said about Alia Bhatt. You have an actor, actor-actress who's really capable of something, and you're like, I know you can do this, but, like, that's not what I'm here you to You can be doing so much more. You can be more. doing... And you have done so much more. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're good in this, fine, but you are a skilled... Florence Pugh is a skilled actress, and she deserves more than this.
0: Yes. It was a movie. It was a it movie. Was, you know, it's like one of those movies that you can go and see, um, and like enjoy, and be. I'm redoing. Yeah. Which <laughs> why you looked
1: confused. <laughs> I also want to say one thing, and I didn't tell you this. Last night, mm. I watched The Little Things.
0: You did. I did. Because I've been Netflix. ignoring that movie for so long. And you
1: can continue to ignore it. <laughs> okay, it's really quite. It's it's exactly that. It was a movie that I was like, okay, let's. I don't. I didn't remember any of the like the stuff that happened around it or like the thoughts about it. So I was just like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's on Netflix. I got, my wife was out. So I was just like, I feel like watching a movie. It it was a, it's two hours. So it was easy. And it was just so bland for a movie that's about a serial killer. And you're going to hate this. Mm -hmm. But the best part is Jared Leto.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: He's absolutely the only interesting thing about it. Rami Malek is, I think, miscast. And Denzel Washington is playing himself.
0: I do think he has like his moments yeah. like i love jordan catalano He yeah. doesn't <laughs> i do think like he d- he does have his moments where he's like a good actor i more so hate the uh, like the jared leto Jared is a, a human yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think I he that. can act i haven't seen morbius i've heard terrible things yeah. but i just i don't like him no because also he has like a, a cult with underage girls <laughs> so
1: yeah. it's very odd but it's nothing. And it rests on the most preposterous twist. There's there's a twist at the end that I was just like, anyone who has seen an episode of, like, Law & Order would be like, this is ridiculous. This would never happen like this.
0: Do you think they would see it coming?
1: No, because it's so preposterous. Like, okay. a twist you have to... If you see a twist coming, it's because it's at least built in there and it makes a little sense. This is just mm-hmm. so dumb that you wouldn't think a movie would be so dumb to do that.
0: So it is like an episode of Law & Order SVU.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe then, yeah.
0: There's like one, I'm, I'm derailing, but it's yeah. it's funny. There's one episode of Law & Order SVU where um, these parents have like a teenage daughter who's like a piano prodigy mm-hmm. and she runs off with her piano teacher. And the whole time, like it's the dad that's like really concerned and the mom doesn't believe. But then, but we find out during this ordeal of them that she willingly ran off with the piano teacher that she's like in love with him and the dad is like no not my daughter he's a pedophile he's a pedophile Mm -hmm. and the mom is just like kind of like nonchalant about it and then we find out at the end that the piano teacher is actually her father the mom had an affair with the piano teacher like years before (laughs) Uh. and apparently this is a thing that like daughters and fathers fall in love with each other oh
1: god <laughs>
0: it's like a it's a known thing yeah. there's multiple episodes of the rest of you where that's happened Ugh. yeah
1: i'm just not here for it i just think and like this so i'd say i would give little things about a one and a half to two stars and okay a large part of that is jared leto
0: oh we didn't give our ratings so don't worry darling oh yes
1: yes yes what's yours? we
0: i landed on two and a half
1: i'm gonna land on two and a half in the end as well I think Florence is a lot of that. Olivia is actually a lot of that. Screenplay is like two stars missing. Yeah, real, real disappointment. Yeah. And then the last thing. Oh, my gosh. Such a big thing. It's huge. It's like... One week ago, this was not an option.
0: I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, it makes me want to cry a little bit. It's so
1: huge. But those of you who don't know, and you'd, I think, have to be living under a rock to not know at this point, but Adnan Sayyid, the... Subject. Subject. There, Thank you. That was the word. Of the famed original podcast, Serial, is free. Is free. He's he had free. his conviction overturned. Not, yeah. not fully overturned.
0: No, they can still prosecute can him still if prosecute they choose They can still prosecute technically,
1: to. yeah. But there's but a what slim they... chance that they will.
0: Yeah. So but and what's even more amazing about this, though, is that it, it came from the prosecution. Yeah. The prosecution came and said, like, we found some evidence that shows that his trial was messed up and that... Um, I mean, they found that they were hiding information, <laughs> and they're like huge oh, information, bad. huge information about two suspects that were con- considered early in the investigation, yeah. but were never really looked into. And so they said, "Okay, we will overturn your your conviction, and you are free to go." Which home. is just like wild.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm really hoping that they don't consider to. To
1: re-prosecute. Well, because they
0: haven't flat out said he's innocent.
1: They haven't. But if you listen to Sarah Koenig's reprisal of season mm-hmm. one of Serial, she did an episode yesterday. She says that this chances, she doesn't know a lot, but she thinks the chances of them prosecuting are really slim here at this point. Really slim. Because they don't have more evidence. Like, if they're saying, essentially, if you think about it, the evidence we have, what it wasn't sufficient to prosecute him. So we're letting you go because you were wrongfully convicted. But they also don't have anything new. To prosecute well him also with.
0: the internet in the past eight years has come up with, you know, a boatload of information against the prosecution. Yeah. So like it would be a very tough case to try.
1: Yeah, at this point, and I think they kind of see that it was I and I think if they did, it would they would need something they would need a smoking gun at this point. It would literally yeah. need to be like he hit the he hit a knife or he did something or he's hit something away that like connects him directly to the murder of Heyman. Yeah. But There's apparently two new suspects. Mm -hmm. Do you think Sarah is going to reprise Serial? Season one, because Serial has been running since.
0: I don't think she'll make a whole series out of it. I think she'll just continue because she has had, it's really interesting. She has had updates throughout the years. She has like when, you know, um, when he did get a new trial hearing, she did report on it. And she just did like a short, like 30 minute episode on it. What's interesting to me though is that she did title this episode season one, episode 13. And I find that interesting, but I also don't think she would expand even more on it. I think she'll maybe just do like a drop in. So she might call it episode 14, but I don't think she's planning on doing another 12 episodes. Like I don't think serial season Five is going to be on Syed.
1: No, I th- well, I also think if that's the case, she's just going to keep season one going. Like, it'll be episode yes. 14, 15, 16, whatever she does. I think she's just leaving the door open. Like, I, I think eventually when they prosecute these two alleged people. If. If. So, 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 no, they're going to, I mean, I think the thing is they're going to prosecute someone. It's pretty hot right now. And if they just let it go. I think that's, th- I think the danger is that it just falls into another, like, unsolved case, right? And because they have, like, they have this information, they're probably going to pursue it pretty hard at this point. And because of the public limelight on it.
0: It's also from 23 years yeah, ago. Like, I feel is. like unless the DNA comes back with something, like, really yep. eye-opening, I think it's really hard to kind of prosecute that. Yeah
1: which is it's kind of crazy that you think about 23 years ago meetha what were you doing I was
0: 8 years old
1: <laughs> You're 8 years old 23 yeah. years ago I was 14 it's insane that like that time that has elapsed in someone's life like how do you just come back to it like what did he do what do you do yeah he came what's home what's the first thing you do and, like rabia choudhry was posting a couple of videos of him like coming home and it's kind of like it's really nice and heartwarming to see but it's also quite sad to see the world is it's
0: so scary. I'm sure like if I was him, I'd be so scared. Yeah. Like I don't know all anything.
1: The, all the life you've missed. Yeah. Like forget your own life and like the, the progress in your own life. But like so much has elapsed in time. Yeah. You missed a pandemic.
0: Well, I'm sure they, the pandemic had its issues in prisons as well. For sure. So.
1: <laughs> absolutely. But like yeah. not the same way. Not the same way that the people on the outside experienced it. Like, I, I mean, think, in a
0: way, though, we're kind of experiencing life just the same way he has been for the last 23 years. I think
1: there was actually like COVID outbreaks in prison. Like, I think it was happening, especially because yeah. like people are in such close quarters and American prisons are so disgusting and all of that. So
0: but I mean, like being isolated, being by yourself, yeah. like not being able to do the social things that you would normally be doing. He's been doing that for 23 years.
1: But like, to the extreme dream. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what progresses. I'm so happy for him. I'm very happy him, for him. Legitimately yeah. happy. I stand by my statement that I don't think he did it, but he lied about something.
0: I, th- I think he knows a little bit more. Yeah. Which, if he did know a little bit more, and let's say it does correlate to who these two suspects are. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed.
1: That he didn't say anything?
0: <laughs> that he didn't say anything. Unless
1: someone was in danger. like or unless he, he did was...
0: say something and they've just been holding back for so long. But at this point, I don't think they would have held back. Like Adnan, I—I I mean, like maybe he did say something to his lawyers, and the lawyers never revealed anything, or Rabia never said anything because of how valid it could have been.
1: I don't get your reasoning here,
0: because it's really dangerous to put information out there. Like people, there
1: like are so many people, knew people who and they like didn't act on it, kind of thing.
0: I think. No, not that they didn't act on it. I think they knew that maybe there is like, maybe he knows something about these two suspects, mm-hmm. but they never let it get out to the media because oh, if it suspects. is true, yes. yeah. it's better to keep that secret because you need to have a proper investigation and not have like people be looking into it for you. Like Sizzet and Sleuth says, great as you are.
1: Oh my God. Construing you're also very troublesome. Yeah. Yeah. But that only works if you're pursuing it at the time. Right? Like you don't give out that information because at the time you're actively pursuing it and you need to keep it a secret. Not 23 years of that. Yeah. Like someone would have pursued it at the time. If he did tell Christina something, then Christina would have pursued it. One would hope at least. Yeah. She would have pursued. Were you
0: stepping out?
1: (laughs) Still. She's, I'm, you know, God rest her soul. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Meetha. That was a 20 minute small talk. (laughs) Segue. what did we watch this week?
0: This week we watched not The Long Weekend, but The Lost Weekend. Not The Last
1: Weekend, but But The the Lost Weekend.
0: weekend. (laughs) Do you know how many times I've accidentally typed Long Weekend?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually didn't know what this was called up until I decided I had, like, when I was, the day where I was like, okay, I gotta watch it. I was like, oh, The Lost Weekend is what we're watching (laughs)
0: Yes. Well, Nadine, would you like to tell our listeners what The Lost Weekend is about?
1: Yes, I will. Super short IMDb discro. The Desperate Life of a Chronic Alcoholic is followed through a four-day drinking bout. Yep. So that's it. That's it. There you, you go. Know. This won a slew of Academy Awards. Yeah. As well, obviously Best Picture. That's why we're here. But uh, Best Director for Mr. Billy Wilder. Mm-hmm. This is the movie he won Best Director for before The Apartment, which is interesting. Uh, best actor, best screenplay. So, major ones.
0: Major major ones. I have a feeling I I feel like I think I know how you feel.
1: Okay. Tell me.
0: I think so in we've talked about addiction before. Yeah. And you have explained to me that you have a hard time maybe empathizing with Mm -hmm. those who do have, like, something like a gambling addiction or an addiction to alcohol. And so I don't know if this movie really resonated with you in a positive way. Okay. And so that's where I feel like you're sitting with it. Am I correct? Yes and no. Okay.
1: But I want to hear your thoughts first.
0: I actually really enjoyed this. Okay. I think for the time that this came out, which is 1946, so wait, was the war done? Was it ending? 1945 it came out.
1: Yeah. So I think the war, We like, we don't know what month specifically, but the war yeah. ending was imminent.
0: Okay. Or it had ended. Go. Yes. But I also think that this is a subject matter that probably wasn't really talked about. Like, the only thing I could think of that maybe touched on it during the time was, like, A Star is Born which was years before, yep. but I don't think alcoholism is actually really explored. Even today, like I think you get it a lot on television, but not in film. And I think that it was actually very, I guess smart isn't the word that I want to use, but I did really enjoy like this point of view and exploring this weekend with this man mm-hmm. on his bender But while watching it, I was like crawling out of my skin, being like, I just want this to be over. I just want this to be over. And it reminded me so much of like watching Uncut Gems.
1: (laughs) Uncut Gems?
0: (laughs) Uncut (laughs) Gems.
1: That'll never get old. Continue.
0: (laughs) Yes. But it, it reminded me of Uncut Jabs yeah. and also mo- more recently um, episode seven of The Bear when there's just like bad stuff yeah, yeah. happening all around you and you want it to stop, but you also can't stop looking at it because yeah. you're like, I need to know how this ends. I need to know how this ends. And so I really enjoyed the journey mm-hmm. of this movie. I don't necessarily like the ending or where we kind of leave off yeah. with it, but I did really enjoy the journey and I think it's... I think Billy Wilder does a really great job of like telling very simplistic stories, but still just in a very entertaining manner. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually liked it. Mm
1: -hmm. So, your sentiment about how I feel about addiction is very true. And it's not to say that I don't empathize, but I find it very difficult to understand, I guess, is the is the better term. It lands on me. It doesn't land on the other person. I know, addiction. I know what addiction is. I get it. I understand. But whenever I see movies about... I think the first time I mentioned it was when I watched... When I was watching Molly's Game One Random Day, and I was just like, I just don't get why. Like, it's so frustrating to watch. I forget what his name is. But the guy who has the anniversary party planned, and then he essentially, like, shits it all the way. Yeah, the dad from
0: 13 Reasons Why. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. Him. Um, And I was just like, I don't understand this. And this is another example of it. But, and I, so the whole time, I find him a very dislikable character for those reasons, Mm -hmm. because I can't do it. However, I actually did agree with everything you said. I thought this was very interesting to watch. It was not what I expected from a movie of this time. It makes me respect Billy Wilder so much. So much. His filmography is so interesting and so varied. And so he really didn't just necessarily push the envelope. He really tried to tell interesting stories and different stories.
0: And I think like it's really clear his intention isn't to push the envelope. Like he's not one of those people. He's not like Quentin where he's like, I want to make you, like, feel things you've yeah. never felt before, like, in a broy kind of way. No. He's more of just like, oh, this is cool, let me tell you a story. Yeah, but, he's,
1: yeah. but that's what, actually what it is. He's trying to actually educate through story. Yeah. Like, he's trying to tell you a narrative, and even with, like, The Apartment, he's talking about, like, a suicide. And he's talking about things that are, you know, pertinent to people, but he does them in a way that is so accessible. Mm-hmm. And... My th- The thing I actually really liked about this movie was we don't really actually see... This is such a simplistic take on addiction, right? It's one man's bender of a weekend and what that yeah. looks like and how unfortunate and it, it is and it continues for, you know, however long and he's doing it to himself and all of that. You never see that. And the only ever time you see people, especially in modern Hollywood, binges and benders are so extreme, There's so Requiem for a Dream, which I really like and respect as a film, but, like, that's a lot. And there are people, there are specifically alcoholics who this is what it looks like, who have, like, I mean, he doesn't have a job and all of that, but people have, like, respectable jobs and careers and lives and they live in decent parts of town and they're just alcoholics and they go on a bender and it's not, they're not prostituting themselves or running into drug lords, you know what I mean, or getting into violence. They're just doing dumb things. And this is, a very like it's very easy to see in this movie more than any other movie I've seen how it could happen to people.
0: Oh, I'm glad that you can finally see that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I can I can to- and I can see it before to me. I can totally yeah. understand why it happens, but I guess for me the the difference is is that like even while watching this, I was like how if you have And this is going to be a controversial thing to say, but like, Mm -hmm. and I get that this is the paradox of addiction itself, but how can a rationale person make such irrational choices?
0: It's, I think it also depends on personality. Like, you have to have an obsessive personality and like... Recently, I've been rewatching Desperate Housewives. Oh, okay. And
1: <laughs> I'm on season
0: three. I haven't like fully started season three yet, but I'm on season three. Yeah. And, you know, there's a character of Brie who does battle like alcoholism mm-hmm. in the second season. But even as early as the first season, you get, she, she, uh, did you ever watch it?
1: I watched like bits of season one and then never again.
0: Okay. So Brie is like the, the perfect mother. Is she mother. Marcia Cross? Marsha Cross. Yes. Yeah. The perfect mother, like basically a stepward wife. Yeah. Yes, and so everything, she has an obsessive, you know, disease in terms of, like, everything needing to be perfect and clean, and, like, not having a hair out of place and things like that, and so they start her off like that, and in the first season, you gradually see her, like, pick up a glass of wine at lunch, and, like, oh, she's also drinking wine, like, mm-hmm. while she's gardening, and, like, it's slowly a progression into season two when it's, she, you finally realize she has compensated alcohol with her obsession with having everything be neat mm-hmm. and perfect, and... You know, this is a snapshot, but I'm sure it was the same thing for his character as well, where Mm -hmm. it's like this gradual progression of like, there's something in your life that you feel is empty or you need control over. And this is the thing that's going to help you with the Mm -hmm. control. So maybe that first glass of wine was just like, oh, Danielle's skirt is too tight. Well, let me just take the sip. Okay, I am like calm down. It's not a tight skirt anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: no, and I completely understand. (laughs) I see the sliding scale of it. I think for me, Look, I I live in existence where my social circle, the people I know, people don't drink. We don't drink casually. And even my friends who do drink casually, it's like very casually. Yeah. Like don't keep alcohol at home kind of thing. And so we don't really have addiction on a day to day. We don't have I've never experienced it from people I know, either in friends or family. And my experiences about addiction, of any type of addiction, whether it be alcohol or gambling or sex addiction, are all through a medium. They're all through film, Mm -hmm. television, TV. When I watch something like Requiem for a Dream, that I get. And even though that is about extreme drug addiction, there's something very humanizing about the way the characters are written. And I think maybe the difference is is that like I don't necessarily get other addictions. I don't get addiction in general. And I but I can understand alcohol and I can understand drug addiction and even like mm. sex addiction. For me, gambling is one of those things that I'm just like, I, I think I, I really rattle with that one. And it's an addiction. Have you ever I gambled? Understand. Yeah, I have.
0: Do you not like get excited at the idea of like, oh my god, I got I got more money?
1: Yeah. And then I also but I also when I gamble, when I've gone to Vegas, me and my wife will be like, here's like whatever our budget is, like 20 bucks for the day you spend it once it's gone it's gone and we've never and we've Mm -hmm. both had that attitude about it we've both had that and we've won a little money and then we spent it in vegas whatever we did and that's it it kind of starts and stops there
0: i also think you don't have an obsessive personality so like you would not under like i do have an obsessive personality Mm -hmm. coke zeros everywhere coke zeros everywhere i like i get into habits and and I'll, like, stick with it for a while, and then I'll start to feel bad about it. <laughs> and then, like, mm-hmm. it'll spiral. But, I, I mean, I'm not an alcoholic or into drugs or anything like that. That's I what actually, she's telling like, you
1: guys. I
0: I've, I've purposely have stayed away from that because I know I have. Really? An upset. Obses- yeah. Because, like, I know it could go. I know that I get ad- addicted to Coke Zero. Yeah. yeah. And so, like. I I know that that could be a dangerous thing that could possibly happen to me. I also know I have a rational mind, but you never know. Yeah. And so I think that it is hard something maybe hard to relate to if you don't know what it's like to like be obsessive over one thing. Like sometimes I'll eat something and I'm like, "Oh, I love this," and I'll want to order it like 5 times in one week.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Has that ever happened nothing like that has ever happened to you?
1: Sometimes. Sometimes in like I do I definitely have an addiction to sugar. I mm-hmm. I like sugar in my life, I eat it regularly, I try not to keep it in my house, but it inevitably, like, it, it does happen, but I do that with music, for instance, like, if I like a song, there's a song from yeah. Palmastra I've been playing, like, on repeat for the last, like, two months, and I'm still not sick of it, but... I guess it's a song. I'm not listening to it right now kind of yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, I think you can have addictions to things that aren't dangerous, which yeah. I don't know if they're necessarily still good for you, though. Like, maybe you should be listening to other songs.
1: Yeah, like, it's not necessarily... Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I also don't want to, like... I don't want to kill that song, for instance. Like, I don't want to hate yeah. it in a month from now because I've li- over-listened to it, he's and that over, happens yeah. as well, right? How did you feel about his character, though? Like, well, while you were watching it while you it... Oh, we're he's a, not a it,
0: great... I... As much as I can relate to having addictions to things and like having an obsessive personality he doesn't seem like a great person outside of that but that also could very well be he's a changed person because of his addiction like he's sneaky he's not very trustworthy but those are all kind of what has happened because of the addiction so, and this I mean, is, I policy. think, what
1: I struggled with with this movie. And I'm not even going to harsh it because I think of the time and storytelling and what the movie was trying to achieve. It like it checks all its boxes. Mm-hmm. But whereas something like Requiem for a Dream actually tries to humanize the people. Like yeah. you're watching likable characters in a bad situation. And mm-hmm. that is, I think, why that film works so well. It's because it's showing that like you don't have to be a despicable person to be a drug addict. You can be...
0: What's the time? I've never seen Requiem for a dream. What? You know this. We've actually talked Did about this Did we talk this about podcast. this? We
1: must have. Yes. I take this back. I take my <laughs> surprise back. But then why didn't I put it on our list last season?
0: You only found out this season.
1: Oh.
0: You really have no sense of
1: time. It's me though. I don't actually have sense of time. Oh, you should watch it.
0: What's the timeline in that movie? Like, is it over a period? Like, is it like this where it's what four days of somebody's life? It's
1: a short period of time. Like, it is not like a lifetime. And it's about four characters who are interlinked. Mm. And so you do. And how different types of addiction as well. It's not just, they're not all addicted to heroin. Mm.
0: The other thing about this, though, is that, like, at the time that this was being made, Alcohol companies were begging Billy Wilder, like, not not to make this film. So I think he kind of didn't really have a choice in, you know, having this character be a not so great person.
1: Because I think... I'm not harshing the movie at all. Like, I'm not even saying that, like, the movie should have done this. I'm like, I, especially because with these movies, you do have to consider the time period. And what it was trying to do, like, what this movie was trying to do at the time is pretty big. And so whether the character is bad or good or anything like that, I'm just saying while I'm watching it and mm-hmm. while I'm watching him do these despicable things and be kind of a shitty character, yeah, you kind of don't feel sorry for him.
0: I don't, but I, I understand that he probably was a good person because you have somebody like Nat, who is really good and loving and caring. And obviously, like, she wouldn't be with somebody who was always like this.
1: But that's Helen. Nat is the brother. But yes, Sorry, Nat, Nat is a good brother. And <laughs> yeah. you, you can see that clearly they're related. But the other thing about Helen is I also don't understand why she's with him. Because he's he's not even likable when they meet. It's not like they had a cute meat cute, and like something happened. He was hiding the bottle, he left early to get the bottle. they had the jacket thing, like nothing about him up until the extreme end is likable, like nothing yeah. about him, but there are just people who aren't likable, no for sure, absolutely, yeah. but what I'm t- and,
0: but also I mean some people today might find that kind of um charming, really <laughs> some people today I feel like
1: what some about people it
0: like. Some people like assholes. I don't, but like (laughs) some people like assholes. All right.
1: Helen just seems above that. She seems smarter than that. I can see
0: somebody sort of just, you know, compensating being like, oh well, they're just like very truthful, or they're just like this or that. I think there's
1: a I think that's how but I think that's more about how like women or like men are in abusive relationships. Yeah. Right. That's how that happens. And she is, in many ways, in an abusive relationship with him. Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah. Before she even knows it. Before she even knows it. But, like, she has faith in him. And while you're watching it the whole time, you're also questioning Helen's own judgment about, like, girl, like, you should know better than this. Get but it together, Helen. You feel bad for Helen because I think the difference is that Helen is actually trying to see the good in him and recognize mm-hmm. the good and pull out the good rather than being oblivious to it. She's not ignoring the alcoholism. She's just trying to focus on the good parts of him.
0: Yes. What were your feelings on the, like, horror aspects of this?
1: Yeah, that whole sequence with the bat, with the The mouse. I was actually like, ugh. Like, I did make a face.
0: Weird. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I get what it was trying to do. Like, it is is trying to paint alcoholism as a very dangerous, like, thing.
0: As a horror film. I'm like, has anyone done that recently, though? Using addiction as, like, the motive in a horror film
1: well again requiem for a dream shows it as a live a- like it's different because this is actually trying to use like horror tropes whereas mm-hmm. requiem for a dream is just like this is your horror show of a life yeah and it's very sad like requiem for a mm-hmm. dream has some like real real sad moments in in the movie that highlight that that don't involve like a bat and a mouse
0: ari aster will do it Hell you think? use alcoholism or addiction of some sort
1: maybe I'm waiting for number three. I'm waiting for what comes out. Do we of...
0: know any, like, is there anything?
1: I've heard rumors, but I don't know, like, anything specific. I don't think nothing is specific What if
0: it's right just the two?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe he turns it to Todd Fields and he makes In the Bedroom and the Little Children and then waits, like, 14 years to make Tar. That I'm not okay with, but let's let's get to that later. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was an interesting way of framing it because yeah, I think everything at that time also has to be more extreme. Like, subtlety isn't the name of the game at the time.
0: It wouldn't work in this case. It wouldn't case. work. No.
1: And it doesn't need to be.
0: Well, also, like, when you think about addiction, I don't think subtlety may... the Subtlety may be in the beginning mm-hmm. of someone's addiction. Like, oh, like in Desperate Housewives, you notice a drink yeah. here or there. But then by the end of it, you know, Brie is passed out on the lawn after, like, getting drunk at dinner by herself. Yeah. And the next morning, Andrew has to put the sprinklers on to wake her up. Ooh. Yeah, Marsh. it's actually quite funny because that's for Housewives is also a comedy. <laughs> a comedy yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And this isn't meant to be funny. This is meant to be like earnest and serious. And yeah, I was just I was overall like impressed by a movie that takes a very specific period of time over a weekend over something that people probably do. Like it was very understandable. I think my biggest thing about this was I, just, I found him as a character very unlikable. And mm. that creates a big disconnect. And I think my only thing is the motivation behind this was probably not actually to be sympathetic towards addiction, but to show alcoholism is bad. It's bad. Yeah.
0: Do you like Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems? Do you think he's a good person? I'm forgetting his name. Is it Sunny? I don't think
1: but, so. I don't but, remember, No, but actually. that's his name in Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think he means well, and he just makes bad decisions.
0: I think he's a shitty person, though. Really? Yeah. He's cheating on his wife. Has a Like, I don't think he's a, he has good intentions. And I think that's what's led him. I think he knows that internally. I think some people know that they're not great people. And that's what leads them to their vices.
1: Conversely, I think people have vices. People are good people that just have vices that make them appear like bad people.
0: But I think what it can be a lot of times is... Is internally they don't feel good about themselves, so they find these vices and then they turn into the thing that they don't feel good about.
1: But see, what you're talking about feels more like shame.
0: The movie or just in general?
1: No, <laughs> I guess both, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it feels like the movie. Like that's
0: But that's a lot of what addiction is though. It's shame.
1: It's shame and yeah. shame, but shame shame, the movie, is about yeah. the shame you experience because of that particular addiction. I yes. don't think we've ever seen, I don't think uh, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems is ashamed.
0: You don't think deep down inside he feels bad about the shit that he does? That's
1: a psychological thing, right? Like, yeah, maybe as a person he is, but as a movie that's trying to portray something, that's not an emotion that's being communicated. Like, at no point do I feel like he's remorseful or shameful. Like, I think he just is, he's a decent person who's making poor decisions.
0: That he feels bad about.
1: But what about and he
0: can't get out of his head and he the, I keeps think you're repeating adding them. that
1: to it. The movie itself no, is actually not. There's no nothing about him in that movie that would. Lead I think to my that.
0: emotional intelligence is adding <laughs> that's to no, you it. You can't do that.
1: You can't. Yeah. Add. Why not? Because what about the movie is making you think that that's the case? But other it's than, me
0: viewing the movie. This is how I view the movie. Why are you telling me I can't view the movie
1: that way? I think you can view the movie however <laughs> you want. Like that's your choice. But I'm just saying that like that's not the intention of the movie. If you're adding that to the movie that's your But who are you
0: to say it's not?
1: But who are you to say it is?
0: Exactly. <laughs> Why are we here?
1: <laughs> I just don't think that like I don't think anything about that movie makes me believe that he's shameful other than maybe the f- other than the fact that I know that addicts are they feel shame for their addiction. That like preconceived notion there. I think it would be interesting to
0: like a- to ask an addict who has seen Uncut Gems, or who who will see the lot? La- oh my! I almost said long weekend. The last weekend, where how they feel but about it? But
1: in the last weekend, he clearly is ashamed of it. Yeah, in the last weekend, he's a- ashamed of it. He's ashamed. In shame, he's definitely ashamed of it. In yes, Molly's game, he's definitely ashamed of it. But that's because of those character actions.
0: Let's rewatch Uncut Gems.
1: Uncut Gems.
0: Find- Uncut Gems. I don't want to watch it though. That's the other thing though. I don't think I would watch this again because I don't like living in these moments of like people going through their benders Mm. and like making bad decision after bad decision. Like it really, I want to crawl out of my skin when I see things like that.
1: Oh, you know what is a great example of addiction in a very different way is you've never seen it, but it's an Indian movie called Urta Punjab starring Shahid Kapoor, Karina Kapoor, Ali Abhat. Mm -hmm. And in it, Ali Abhat plays a migrant worker who acts as a drug mule and then she's caught and then she's kept prisoner and she becomes addicted to I forget the drug, it actually might be heroin, as mm-hmm. a form of keeping her subjugated and keeping her a prisoner. So she becomes an addict because of her circumstances, not because of her choices.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'll watch it. It's maybe. a very Urta
1: Punjab is great. And it's one of it's the It's
0: Karina Kapoor's birthday today, actually. It is Karina so. Happy birthday. Karina. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one of the best movies about addiction now that I think about it because it does form it does it does take that idea of what it what addicts look like and it kind of mm-hmm. turns it on its head. Interesting. I've always liked Rachel Getting Married. Yeah, Rachel Getting Married is a good example too.
0: Cuz again it's that shameful. like finite time. Yeah. I do feel bad for her in a lot of ways. I don't quite understand why she is the way she is. Like I don't think they explore that enough. enough. But I can feel I do feel bad for rachel no I for don't. her family for her family i feel yeah. bad for her family that whole that whole
1: weekend because yeah. she has this kind of force that makes everything about her so i guess
0: i do feel bad for rachel because her the character's name isn't rachel
1: right that's it's true. rachel getting it's married rachel getting married yeah yeah it's not <laughs> what's her name Anne hathaway her name is Anne Hathaway. <laughs> should
0: i look it up Oh God, her character's name is kim with kim. a y oh jenny lumet wrote it yeah Wow, good for you, Jenny. Yeah,
1: and Jonathan Demme directed it?
0: Yes, I know that.
1: Yeah, your, you're mad.
0: I forgot he died.
1: <laughs> but it's yeah. Just sad. I mean, I will say that like a movie that can a movie from this time that can inspire this kind of conversation that's saying a lot because a lot of these movies like Going My Way did not inspire any conversation.
0: No. But I also think this could be made today.
1: But my problem with it being made today is how extreme the movie would end up being.
0: I feel like <laughs> I'm gonna bring up good time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I did you don't not like. like
0: to live in the extreme. Me? Yeah. I just told
1: you I really like Requiem for a Dream.
0: I don't well I haven't seen it, so no, I can't tell you. You gotta watch
1: Requiem for a Dream. I okay. think extreme has to be that it has to be rooted in something real. Okay. And I think what this movie does is is like I'm saying is that like I feel like this movie is still relevant today because addiction also looks like this. Addiction doesn't look all the time like Uncut Gems. It doesn't look like Breakfast Dream or Traffic. And that Hollywood portrayal of what addiction is feels very removed from what everyday addiction is. Mm. I've never seen Beautiful Boy with Timmy no, and Steven, right. but I think that's a, probably, from what I gather about it, is probably another example of like what everyday addiction looks like. Like a more realistic viewpoint. You're, and this just feels more realistic. People are probably like having benders like this like, this is what a weekend bender, the average weekend bender, where you're not, again, involved in drugs or involved in prostitution or doing something completely insane. It's just you trying to get from hit to hit. And I, that's why I don't think this should be remade, because I think the simplicity of this is that it. it this is very understandable. And that's maybe my thesis. I didn't mean thesis. to be remade,
0: but I meant, like, if this same movie came out today.
1: But again, if the same movie came out, I think that's maybe my thing is that, this really makes addiction feel like a personable thing. Like you get it because it's like it's person to person. Whereas something like Uncut Gems is like you're so removed from everything about it. Like maybe that's why Desperate Housewives were because you're actually closer to that than you are to Uncut Gems. Yeah. As a person. And that's why that actually works. Whereas Uncut Gems is so it's just so much. Are you saying Uncut Gems doesn't work? I actually really like it. Do Uncut you Gems. like Uncut Gems? I do. I totally like Uncut Gems. <laughs> I totally do. I really liked it. But I don't think as a portrait of addiction. I like it for a lot oh, of other things. Oh, well, then
0: what do you see that as? Because that's how I see it. What is Uncut Gems?
1: Just... Yeah, that's an interesting point. I just think see of it as a man making poor decisions. Like what poor decision making looks like. Because he has a gambling addiction. But I don't see it. Yes, that is the reason. But I don't see it when I watch it as a portrait of addiction. Like, I don't see it as a, as, a, as a movie about addiction. I see it as a man who has an addiction who makes bad choices.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Where it's kind of like Amour is a, a movie about love, but it's not a romantic movie.
0: No. That's a, that's a horror film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a movie about love between two people, but it isn't a romance. Where, and this is about a, a, a movie about a man who has an addiction, but it isn't a movie about addiction.
0: No, this is well, – would you classify this as The Lost Weekend? A drama. I guess This so. is
1: a portrait of addiction.
0: Yes. This is actually
1: <laughs> a portrait of addiction.
0: We'll have to come back Mitha,
1: to it. Mita, we haven't disagreed like this in so long. It's refreshing.
0: It's refreshing for
1: you. <laughs> it's refreshing.
0: Because that's the the thing that sticks out the most to me about Uncut Gems is he's he is a terrible person also, but it's also because he feels all the shame because of what he's been doing. Do
1: you feel and shame from stop. your Coke Zero addiction?
0: I don't have shame for my Coke Zero addiction. I wear it like a badge, yes. so like <laughs> I, that's why my addiction is okay because I
1: you don't you're I am ashamed of it. it. That's
0: fair. And I could stop anytime if I wanted to. <laughs> oh.
1: Mita brings her Coke Zero wherever she goes.
0: I always have one in my purse yeah. in case I need it. I drink a lot of water just so everybody knows she. <laughs> I, drink, I have three beverages at every meal, yeah. so like there's that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you have sequel prequel ideas?
0: So I didn't like the ending of this. Did you like the ending? No,
1: it was really like wrapping it up in a nice bow. Yes. Which I it's get they neat. have to do at the time.
0: I get that for the time. Like, if this was made today, I think it would be a messier. I oh, think that, die, that gun would have made it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I want to see... You know, we're given the idea that he's going to stop, mm-hmm. but I also wholeheartedly believe that he won't stop. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it'll happen again, and I kind of want to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. If this was something like a mini series, this would be a great, like, first three episodes, and then... Episode four and five, like, I really want to see this person deteriorate mm. because it also adds to the unlikability of him. Like, I just don't feel the need to want to see him improve because yeah. he's not so great throughout the entire film. Like, it's like, oh, why do I want to see him do better? Yeah. Like, there's no redeeming quality that I know of him for me to, like, actually want to see him succeed.
1: Yeah. There's actually no redeemable quality about him.
0: No. So there's that. Yes. So I I guess I want to see, but also I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think also it would be interesting to see w- how he got here. Like, we kind of have a vague understanding that, like, he has a failed writing career and that's what led to this. He, he talks about it. But what does that, I think that story is actually interesting in and of itself. Like, mm-hmm. how did he turn into this person from such a promising writer?
0: Did you, you know what the inspiration of this is, right? No, I don't. Oh, okay. So um, Billy Wilder worked with Raymond Chandler mm-hmm. oh, on yes, Double Raymond Indemnity. Oh, yes, Raymond Chandler. Yes, I did. Yeah. And, you know, that was a very, that Raymond Chandler is like a known alcoholic, mm-hmm. and he was drinking a lot while writing Double Indemnity. Mm-hmm. And so Billy Wilder kind of used that as inspiration. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Did you know that his, in the, the novel it's based on, because it's based on he's gay. He's gay. Or it, yeah. I, allegedly he has a homosexual affair that he's know. shameful of.
0: I did know that, but I don't. I'm glad they didn't put that in this movie because I think that would set back.
1: Well, the movie itself would just wouldn't have gotten, especially at the time, the visibility yeah. it did.
0: No, but if they did that today, I also I feel like that would. Well, no, today would be okay. Because who's to say that gay men aren't alcoholics? I should. Yeah, be.
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I I corrected myself,
1: Mita. You're gonna get us canceled. I corrected myself.
0: <laughs> I corrected myself. But I just meant in this timeline, mm-hmm. it would be very detrimental to their rights.
1: And the night, I think people in would the use it as an excuse. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Totally. I'm going to go into my rating. Okay, go. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't hate this the way Mitha thought I would, but...
0: I didn't say hate. <laughs> I said you would have a hard time empathizing, in which you clearly said you hate, don't like the main character of the yeah, film, so... I did
1: not hate this the way Mitha thought I would. I I... <laughs> I actually I thought this was I the thing my big takeaway from this was Billy Wilder's a great director and I love the fact that he attempted so many stories and so many things and was successful at so many of them. He told, you know, one of the greatest film noirs, some of the greatest romances, this is a great drama like he was an excellent director and he he has the accolades for a reason. Like it's mm-hmm. not just he didn't just direct some like random films that are popular for no reason, he has a filmography that is so impressive. And this is an impressive piece about it because I think the story he's trying to tell and the the moral of that story is applicable at any time period. I, I think at the time, there was maybe a little bit more moralizing about it. This movie is not empathetic itself, which is something to consider. This doesn't take an empathetic view of the alcoholic it's essentially just trying to say like alcoholism is bad and these are the things that could happen so it doesn't take an empathetic view at addiction itself so that's something to consider when watching it and something I think that a movie nowadays couldn't get away with you couldn't make a movie that was so black and white about something and maybe the reason a lot of more recent movies about addiction have nuance in the characters is because we're we don't come from, A, we have a little bit more understanding about the disease, and B, we come from a time where we can't just, we can't be judgmental, Mm -hmm. which is essentially what this movie is being. I'm okay with the judgment, man. I think it's, and I'm not because I don't drink and I don't get alcoholism. I just think as a movie, as a filmmaker, if he wants to say, yo, man, I think alcoholism is bad and here's the movie I want to make about it, that's his choice. And it's nice that at the time he was allowed to do that, despite the fact that alcohol sellers were essentially paying him money or trying to pay him money not to release this i think
0: not him directly but the studios, the studios. but they were essentially he said that if they paid him directly he would have he taken, taken it but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they were being offered money not to take it they also tried to limit the release of this cuz they weren't sure how successful it was going to be and then when it, once it was a critical darling then they went for a wide release they weren't sure how this was going to pan out as a film And I'm glad that at the time he was still able to make it because you couldn't now. You couldn't Mm -hmm. make this movie now because you wouldn't be able to just flat out be like, that guy is making bad decisions and doing bad things and he should know better. Because you'd have to say, you'd have to use where you're coming from, to be quite honest. You'd have to empathize with him and you'd have to have a backstory and he'd have to have shame and he'd have to have those things. And so maybe I like the black and white nature of this. I like the fact that, like, whether I agree with it or not, it's able to say what it wants to say. And that's nice and it's refreshing and it's definitely not something we get nowadays. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be understood. Everything has to be rationalized and explained. People just can't, things can't be black and white. And that's really, it's just getting annoying to watch that. So maybe that's also why this feels so refreshing. It's well acted, it's well cast, it's all of that. Would I watch it again? No, probably not. I think this was a nice one-time watch for me. I enjoyed it while I watched it. I took away from a I've took away- I took away from it what I wanted to take away from it, and I could put a nice bow on the experience. Whereas with something like going my way, I just kind of brush it aside as something I saw. But this, I watched it, it's a one-time watch, but I did enjoy that one-time watch. There are other weird things like that about Watching it now that don't make sense, like that scene where he goes to Gloria and she doesn't want to talk to him and then he forces a kiss onto her and she's like, yes, let me lend you some money. And it's just so like, there's some like ridiculous things like that, that of course, at the time, that's just how things were. It's the 40s. It's the 40s and you just, you roll your eyes and you move on from it. But yeah, overall, this is an interesting watch. It's definitely ahead of its time and it's nice to see that and it's nice to see that again a popular director like Billy Wilder was attempting these kind of things. He wasn't just he wasn't trying to pigeonhole himself into one place and it's really nice to see that a filmmaker was really just there to tell interesting relevant stories and you see that in his work and I think once we get to the apartment I will watch the apartment again And I think my perspective is going to be very different on it. I liked it at the time, too. But I think watching Mm -hmm. it after all this time, it's going to sit very differently. So, largely, my rating is for Billy Wilder. Because I was really impressed with him more than anything. And the movie is... It is interesting. It did keep me engaged the whole time. Uh, For all those reasons, I will be giving it three stars.
0: Three for theme. My turn? Yeah. Okay. One thing we didn't talk about is the presence of this film like in the future like you and I had both never heard of it and I don't think there are many people who have like I haven't it doesn't come up on any list or anything like that even when you look up like Billy Wilder's greatest this is when he's won an Oscar for and I don't I don't think it's on his known for for IMDb either but who knows what the algorithm is (laughs) but it's very surprising to me again because like I actually think for that time this is a really well made film Mm -hmm. about something that most movies from the past and then to come don't actually touch on like we re- in recent years we have more films about you know addiction um, and the day in the life of somebody who is an addict but it's also because we have that much more education and I think as a viewer today you know you mentioned like I have more of an empathetic viewpoint to this. And it's because I've had this education, you know, and I, I'm aware of what addiction is and how it affects people. And that it is actually a disease. I think in 1945, people didn't regard it in that way. And so what would be so interesting to me is to see how audiences actually reacted to it then, because I have a feeling they might've seen it more like a horror film, especially with the scene with the bat and the mouse. And, For someone like Billy Wilder, who isn't known to do things like this, like it is a risk for him. But it's not. You know how like when you look at a director's filmography, you can always sort of pinpoint where it's like, oh, they're trying to take a risk here. With this, I'm still not. I don't think that like I don't think this is like very risky for him. He's it's still very much like the fundamentals of like what he makes, which is just good movies But it's a very different story from what he's told before, and like like you said, I do really admire that about him. I think
1: um, I do want to point out one thing. Sorry to interrupt you. This is Mm -hmm. one of his earlier works, though.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, he
1: had one, two, three, four movies before he did this. One of them being. Oh yeah, because the apartment's
0: until sixty. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so a lot of his more known work and his more like romantic work, let's call it, comes afterwards.
0: But more recently, you have something like Double Indemnity, and you look at that Mm -hmm. and this, they are very far apart from each other.
1: But it's literally his next movie, one year apart. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What a
0: talented individual. I was just going to say that's talent. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it is. To be able to jump from one thing to another like that so smoothly. And I don't think we have anybody today that is like that, that is able to do jumps like that.
1: Sharon jump like that? No. No. I can't think Way of to anybody.
0: go, Billy. But yes, I did enjoy this. I think, you know, it did spark emotion out of me. I do agree with you. Like, he's an unlikable character, but that didn't resonate with me as much, I think, as it did with you. I, w- I was more looking at it from the point of view of, like, this is somebody who has an addiction, their day-to-day. And it is a very realistic point of view as opposed to the extremes that we have seen in the past. And I think for that time, it is pretty extraordinary that he was able to do this. I actually didn't answer the question, oh, right. does, he, yeah. does it deserve best absolutely. picture? You go first, um, go and off. this was a year where, let's take a look.
1: I'm going to go, I'm just going to say quickly for me, absolutely this deserved best picture. I think like the relevancy of it is really important.
0: Yes, I do think it deserves it. I think it's a really well-made film. But also this year was um, The Bell of St. Mary's, Spellbound, Anchors Away, and Mildred Pierce.
1: Yeah, it feels like a really dry year.
0: Yeah. So I think in a year that feels dry, like this is actually quite exciting. But I really wish I could see the mind point of like l- viewers then.
1: Can I just say Spellbound is Alfred Hitchcock, Ingrid Bergman, yeah. and Gregory Peck. Yeah. I've never heard of this yeah. movie.
0: I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. Let's watch it.
1: Anyways, we'll get back to Albert Hitchcock because I feel like I need to do like a start to finish. Yeah, you should. Yeah.
0: I Yeah. Continue. Anyways, yes. back to my review. No, for me, this was about the journey and seeing him go through these four days. I don't like the ending because it does package it too neatly for me, but I can understand why that direction was taken, especially in 1945 and especially if he was getting a lot of slack for making this from alcohol companies i am gonna give it i'm bouncing between three and three and a half mm-hmm. i'm landing on a three okay yeah interesting because i feel me. like you
1: liked it more than me and i like your i your three is your three it's just interesting how you weighed it in your head you know what i mean like i think you might have liked it more than me but yeah. you're still landing on the same rating as me
0: i'm looking at what else i've given a three and i I don't even remember Mutiny on the Bounty.
1: Oh, the pirate movie.
0: Oh, the racist one.
1: <laughs> it was less racist, actually. It had the Tahit- Tahitian, the Tahitian women, yeah, yeah, the Tahitian women. It was actually less racist. We've watched more. I racist literally movies. can't.
0: Wow, we've watched a lot. We have watched a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we've watched a lot. Oh, Are you, I will say
1: this: you definitely like this more than Mutiny on the Bounty. I do, and you'll for remember sure. this more.
0: And now I'm thinking, like, rethinking that.
1: What did I give Mutiny on the Bounty? Three and a half? Three. I also gave it three? Yeah. Yeah, That seems about right, I guess.
0: We also gave Mrs. Miniver threes, which I'll stand by. I stand by that, too. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, these are 10 years apart.
1: Mutiny on the Bounty. Those two movies. Yeah. I think this feels like more of a three and a half for you, Mita. I don't want to influence it, but just... I think you've... No.
0: I'm trying to think, what is that half? And I think it is the risk, the risk taken, and the, the it's successful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, three and tells a half. Successfully that story. There we go. It definitely, did, we didn't really talk about its Oscar-ness, but A, aside from the fact that it deserves it, I'm impressed that it won. Because this feels, Oh, like
0: you're, yeah, finally, the Academy did yeah, something right. especially yeah. like
1: the year before, they rewarded something as bland as going my way over Double Indemnity, whereas this year it feels like they actually picked the... The stronger film that was more deserving.
0: Do you think they realize they made a mistake and they're like, let's just give it to Billy?
1: <laughs> that's what people say, right? That there's yeah. always this notion of like, let's just give it to Billy or like they deserve something. But that's not how the, the Academy is not sitting there in a room deciding something. It's individuals voting. But, you know, you know, Joan Crawford picks up that
0: phone and she calls somebody and says, like, if you go this way, I'll go this way. And then that person calls somebody and goes, if you go that way, I'll go this way. I don't way. think that
1: happens as much as you want it to happen, Nita. I don't think Joan had as much. Pretty sure
0: it has happened. I think happened. it happens now.
1: I think it happens now. But the, now the Academy is also 6,000 people.
0: Ryan Murphy made a show called Feud, (laughs) Betty and Joan, in which you literally see Joan calling up members of the Academy, telling them to vote for Anne Bancroft.
1: (laughs) Ryan Murphy is as reliable as TikTok for real information.
0: (laughs) How dare you?
1: I'll rest on the laurels of that comment and then
0: (laughs) I think Ryan Murphy is reliable in the first seasons of his shows and then the rest. (laughs) We can just not yeah. pay attention to. <laughs>
1: he's a he's a one season wonder.
0: He is. Yeah. I always enjoy those first seasons though.
1: All right, and that was the last weekend. A movie I never heard about, and I'm impressed that it won. Yeah.
0: yeah, I probably won't ever watch it again. Yeah, but I think you should. Why? No, no, no. Like I meant you are listeners. Oh, not you, you are a listener. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. You I don't care about sure. you. No. Yes. <laughs> Okay, that was the last weekend uh and before we get to our movie next week, Mita, do you yeah. want to play a game because we're running a little uh, long? sure. Yeah. Okay, Mita, last week you had me connect why oh, can't remember I remember the name? I wrote it. No, you did, I and wrote I can't it remember the, the name of the movie. I'm trying to think of it. Should and I, I tell know you? it was Battle of the Sexes. I'm trying to think of what the other one was.
0: No, no, no. Last week I it was Palm Springs about. Palm Springs,
1: the yes. I was yeah. trying to think of <laughs> Palm Springs. I couldn't think of Palm Springs. Oh. Last week, you can, I I connected Palm Springs to Battle of the Sexes. Samitha, so, yes. this week, we are going to have you go a little Bollywood. And I'm going to oh. have you connect Battle of the Sexes to uh-huh. a movie I think you're fairly familiar with. Okay. Devdas. I not know,
0: Devdas!
1: <laughs> Your timer starts now.
0: Okay, Devdas has... I'm going to go backwards. Okay. I'm trying to think who has done... U.S. movies out of that cast. And Ashwarya Rai is probably my best bet,
1: uh-huh.
0: who is in Bride and Prejudice.
1: <laughs> she is, unfortunately.
0: Yes, which was directed... I always forget who directed it. It's the same woman as Bend It Like Beckham, right? Grinder, Grinder. Chanda. Okay, so Grinder Chadda directed Bend It Like Beckham, uh-huh. which has Keira Knightley, uh-huh. who's in that movie with Steve Carell that I'm forgetting. It's like how... Um, it's it's like an end of the world movie. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yes, kind they're of. They're like, and
0: they're the two. They're the world is ending, and they're like together. Yes, seeking a friend
1: for the end of the world. Yes,
0: for the end of the world, yes. <laughs> seeking okay. fr- with, who? Who is Steve Carell's in Battle of the Sexes? Okay, do you have to go back again? Just
1: you got it. Fifty seven okay. seconds, but just go forward.
0: Okay, Battle of the Sexes yeah. star Steve Carell, yeah. who's in Seeking a Friend for the End. For the End of the World with Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. who is in Bennett Lake Like Beckham, which was directed by Gurinder Chadha, mm-hmm. who directed Bride and Prejudice with Ashuria Rai Bachchan. Mm-hmm. And Ashuria Rai Bachchan is in I Don't Know This Us. There you
1: go. <laughs> yeah. There are a couple of shorter ways to do it.
0: Well, tell me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Battle of the Sexes* stars Steve Carell, who is in yeah. Date Night with Miss Tina Fey. Yeah. Tina Fey was on a show called 30 Rock. And had mm-hmm. a special appearance by one Steve, Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Steve Martin appeared in The Pink Panther 2 with Miss Aishwarya Bachchan who is in Devdas.
0: She's in The Pink Panther 2? <laughs> yes.
1: Alternatively. Remember when
0: we tried to make that happen? <laughs> yeah, I know, I
1: just didn't. Alternatively, <laughs> at Battle at of the Sexes also stars Emma Stone, who was in The Amazing Spider-Man with Irfan Khan.
0: Oh. Who was
1: with Shah Rukh Khan in *Bilu Barber. And Shah Rukh Khan yeah. is in Devdas.
0: You know who else I remember it is in Dave Das? Who? Jackie Shroff. Jackie Shroff.
1: <laughs> yep. People forget about Jackie, but he, there he is. He's there. Okay, Mitha. A little long of an episode. A lot for me to edit. What are we watching next week?
0: Next week, Nadim, we are <laughs> watching something we're both super, super excited about. We are watching The Best Years of Our Lives. Yep. <laughs> a three-hour long War film.
1: Post-war film.
0: Post-war film.
1: So that's a full film, and uh, we'll have a review of it next week.
0: Yes. We also, uh, originally it was available on Amazon (laughs) Prime. (laughs) Now it's no longer, and you have to purchase it. So there's that. So we're going to
1: be doing that uh, next week. Yep. Mitha, do you have parting words for this episode? I do.
0: Another drink, another binge, another bender, another spree.
1: (laughs) Oof. What a line. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for the best years of our lives.
0: And the worst time of ours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's harsh. We will reserve judgment until next week. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Have a lovely week, folks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You
0: can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number 2 Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com.
1: As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.